question that kept on coming up, a few people put it down, was the question of proper usage of an oven for milfic and fleshic, as well as how to kasher an oven. So uh, I want to discuss those topics today as quickly as uh, we can get through it. There are two basic issues when it comes to oven kashras. We discussed this when we spoke about microwave ovens. The two issues are Recha and Zeya. Let's take one at a time. There is a Gemara Mesechus Pesachim Daf Ayin Vav Amidez that discusses whether Recha Milsa or Recha Lav Milsa. What Recha means is the aroma of the food, that if you're cooking two foods in the oven at the same time, the assumption is that aroma transfers from one food into the other food, and that may be significant or may not be significant. If you hold Recha Milsa, you hold that that's significant and therefore potentially a problem. If you hold Recha Lav Milsa, you hold that that's not significant and therefore not a problem. So Machlokas in the Gemara. Lahalacha we paskin that Lechachila were makbit for Recha Milsa, but Bidiyevit we really hold Recha Lav Milsa. So if it, if it happens, if you had Milchik and Fleshik in the oven at the same time, and your only concern is one of Recha, Lahalacha we were paskin, the food is kosher. Because Bidiyevit, it happened already. However, if you cook bread, let's say, in the same oven as Fleshig, Lahalacha we were paskin, don't eat that bread with Milchik, because that's Lechachila going forward. It's ironic, it comes out backwards. Right? Because it's that's Lechachila that could I have the bread, I can eat the bread with fleshig. why do I have to go eat it with milchig? So that would be Lechachila. We're worried that Recha is Milsa. That's the halacha in terms of Recha. Now, what foods produce Recha? So the Shach and the Taz in Yardaya Sim Kufchav, Sifkat and Aleph, say that fatty meats for sure produce enough Recha for us to be concerned about. The Shach says lean meats maybe don't produce such uh, Recha, but the Archa says that we don't know what's defined as lean what's not defined as lean, we're makbid that all meat produces recha. Bread is certainly not fatty and certainly does not produce recha. So if you have two breads in the oven at the same time, it does not seem that any recha transfers from one to the other. Therefore, Primagadim points out, even though people are makbid not to do this as well, they should be, because might as well be makbid l'chadchila, but Primagadim points out, if you're mafresh chala and you need to burn the little piece of challah, you don't want that challah, that challah is also for you to eat, so you don't want that challah giving tam into your other challahs. So you shouldn't burn it in the oven, open at the same time as the as the other challahs. But really, if you did it, it's not going to trafe up the other challahs, because bread is not fatty, doesn't really have any uh, any recha. A davar charif, the Ramah says, anything that's uh, very sharp, automatically gives and absorbs recha. The halach of recha applies only in small ovens. Our ovens are considered to be small ovens. They're not considered to be large for this purpose. A large oven would be like an industrial oven. If you ever go into an industrial kitchen, I've seen they have like walk-in ovens. Like they have these huge uh, wheelie trays that you would wheel right into the oven and you have to like turn the oven off and wait for two hours before you even open up the door. Otherwise, the heat will just knock you right over. It's like that. Th- th- such an oven is, uh, is much bigger. Maybe Recha would not be an issue in an oven like that. But small ovens, certainly Recha is an issue. Now, if you cover the food, then there's no issue of Recha because you're trapping the aroma. So if you cover the food, then you've trapped the aroma inside whatever you covered it with. So as long as you cover the food properly, it does not seem that there should be any issue of Recha. Now the second issue is Zaya. What's Zaya? Zaya is a totally different issue, and strangely, the Gemara never discusses Zaya. Zaya is the steam that comes out of the food, and that we assume. Let's say you have a pot cover that you a milchik pot cover that you put on a fleshik pot. 
and the zaya comes up, the steam comes up from the chicken soup and goes right into hot steam and goes right into the milchik pot cover. You have then trafed up your pot cover. Why? Because zaya is real. It's real steam and it's coming and it's hot and it's getting absorbed into the into the cover. Now, what does that have to do with an oven? So the sealing of the oven absorbs zaya. So what? Well, the concern is that if you have flesh cooked uncovered in the oven, steam will go up from the flesh get absorbed into the top of the oven you're then, you're then going to put milchigs in the oven steam will come up from the milchig, get absorbed in to the oven and drip back down with hot steam with some of the fleshig uh, tam that was already absorbed there previously and you have basar b'chal of issues that that's, the, uh, that's the issue with, uh, with zaya. now it's interesting the Gemara never discusses Zeya, the Tshuva Sarash and Klal Chav points to a, mish, a Mishnah in Machshir in Bez Bez that talks about Zeya um, there, there's a major discussion why the Gemara doesn't talk about Zaya, and whatever the answer is probably limits the application of when we're actually worried about Zaya and when we're not worried about Zaya. Um, the Pischei uh, Tshuva in Simit Sadi Bey, Sifkat Nuvav says, first of all, there's only Zaya by liquids. There's no Zaya by any solids. You don't have to worry about Zaya by solids. Rav Moshe says, not so fast. Rav Moshe in Tshuva, Negus Moshe, Yerdei Chelik Aleph, Simit Mem, says, if you see that there's steam coming out of solids, then there's Zaya by solids. For instance, in a microwave, you put a solid food in a microwave, you see that there's tons of steam coming out of it. So if you see that there's steam coming from a solid food, then there's Zaya by solids also. If you don't see that there's steam coming out of it, fine, then maybe you don't have to be choshesh for Zaya by solids. Hot steam causes a real problem. If it's cold steam, I mean, if, the, if it steams, the steam rises up, but then by the time it reaches the ceiling, it's already cold, so then just wipe it down. It's not going to give any time into anything. You just wipe it down afterwards. In a microwave, that's much more likely to happen because there's no heat in the chamber. The heat is only in the food. It's not in the chamber because it heats with magic, a microwave. So it doesn't. Uh, so it's, it's only in the chamber, not in the... Not in, not in the, uh, not, not, it's the there's no heat in the chamber itself. By the time it reaches the ceiling, it might already be cooled down. Might be. By an oven, it's always hot. The steam that rises up is still always going to be going to be hot. And hot steam causes a problem. Um, so therefore, where does that leave us? So you have an oven, you want to be able to cook milk eggs and flesh eggs in the same oven. So what do you have to worry about? So you have to figure out how to get around the Reicha problem and how to get around the Zaya problem. Reicha is only a problem if the two items are in the oven simultaneously. One after the other would not be a problem. Zaya is a problem, even one after the other. Right? So that's, keep that in mind. So now, Rav Shechter holds... It's an Aruch HaShulchan, Simit Sadi Beis, Osnun Hei, the Aruch HaShulchan also seems to say that Reicha is not going to be a problem as long as the oven is clean. And you don't use stuff at the same time in the oven. Meaning if, let's say, I use flesh in the oven and a lot of stuff drips and the oven's filthy with flesh that dripped all over the place. So then when I put milchig in that filthy fleshig oven, I'm going to have to worry about Reicha because it is in at the same time. There's this drips of flesh all over the place and the milchig that's in. But if the oven is clean and I put milchigs in after flesh, the flesh isn't there anymore, it's been completely taken out or cleaned out, then there's not going to be a Reicha problem. What about the Zaya problem? So Rav Shakla thought that it's not a problem because the oven isn't small enough. He thought that one of the reasons that the Gemara doesn't discuss the issue of Zaya is because our ovens are too big to be a problem of Zaya. Uh, the Zaya is only in a very, very tiny confined space, and that's why the Gemara doesn't talk about it, because their ovens were much bigger. He says our ovens are, are definitely big enough to not be, it's, it's, big, it's, it's small enough to be a problem of Reicha, but big enough to not be a problem of Zaya. 
And therefore, the Shulchan writes, Meikra Adin, if a person wants to cook uncovered flesh, and then remove that uncovered flesh pan, and then right afterwards cook uncovered milchig in that same oven, that would be Meikra Adin Mutter. Rav points out, you should let the oven cool down first, because otherwise you're still leaving the Recha in the oven meaning the Recha is there as long as there's heat in the oven. The Recha from the first item is there as long as the heat, the original heat from the oven is still there. But if you let the oven cool down, so you wait, whatever, in a half hour, an hour, and you let it cool down, then you can put another uncovered food in. Now, why do I tell you this? Would I recommend this L'Chachila? I personally wouldn't recommend L'Chachila, even though it's Rav Shachter's uh, Shita. But certainly, if you see that that's what's done in your home or somebody else's home, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to say that I'm not allowed to eat in this house. Right? That's certainly uh, Shachter, I think, has a valid smicha. You know, I think, uh, and the Aruch HaShulchan, I think, is uh, you know a, a posek of uh, of note that uh, I think uh, certainly, obviously, you can rely on that b'diavet uh, um, at least. Um, um, I, I've heard that Rav Aaron Lichtenstein tells people that they should wait 24 hours or kasher in between, one or the other. Either wait 24 hours and then you can have uncovered after 24 hours, or you should kasher in between. Third sheet is Rav Moshe sheet. Rav Moshe writes in your Deichelik Aleph Simen Mem that you always have to decide is your oven going to be a Fleshig oven or is it going to be a Milchig oven? If it's going to be a Fleshig oven, then whenever you put Milchigs in it, you cover the Milchigs. If it's going to be a Milchig oven, then whenever you put Fleshigs in, you cover it. As long as you cover one always, then the other one you could. So if your, fleshig, if your oven's a Fleshig oven, so you put in meat uncovered as much as you want, that's fine. And whenever you need to cook Milchigs, just cover it. And if it's covered, you solve all the world's problems. You don't have Reicha, you don't have Zeya, you don't have anything to worry about. So maybe a double covering just to be safe, some suggest. But the point is that it should be covered as long as one thing is covered. That's, I think, what they generally teach in the seminaries. So probably whoever you marry will have learned that shita, will have learned uh, Rav Moshe shita, and will probably observe uh, that shita. Uh, many other poskims strongly recommend a, a uh, you know, five towns chumrah, of buying two ovens. So you have one for Milchig, one for Fleishig. They say, look, you, you have two Mercedes, you can buy two ovens, it's not going to cost, and that way you don't have to worry about anything. Okay, that's a very big Chumrah, it's a very nice Chumrah if you could afford it, and you have space and everything else. Minchas Yitzchak writes that he thinks that you should do it. In Yaakov, Fine. What about kashering ovens? So uh, let's do this quickly. Rav Salvechik says that the way to kasher an oven, and many other posts can say, just run it at the highest temperature for an hour, because we have a concept, Kibolo Kakpolto, that the same amount of uh, heat that absorbs, uh, that's how much heat you need to make it unabsorbed, right? To draw it out. So, uh, so you, all you need to do is run the oven at the hottest point it could ever get to. So you run it at the highest temperature for an hour and a half. It will get us an hour, an hour and a half, whatever it is. It will get to the highest temperature it ever got to when it cooked anything. And therefore, it will be considered kasher. Better to wait 24 hours till uh, everything is uh, tampagum ready and then just turn it to the highest temperature for 24 hours. Rav Moshe, quoted in Rabbi Eider's Halachos of Pesach, pages 179 through 181, says that it has to reach 700 degrees in order to be kashered, which your regular ovens will not do when you just turn on to the highest temperature. Rav Moshe holds if it does not have a self-cleaning device, which brings the oven to well over 1,000 degrees, then the oven cannot be kashered. Um, that's uh, Rav Moshe Shita. I remember when my brother and sister-in-law moved into their first apartment in Baltimore. They didn't have a new oven in the apartment. Uh, she followed, you know, she came from. She's a great granddaughter of Rav Moshe, so my brother was committed to follow Rav Moshe's psak in this. And they had to buy an oven insert, a metal box that sort of went in the oven 
to uh, to block out the walls of the oven and the ceiling of the oven, messed up the temperatures and everything. It was very, very difficult to use for cooking, but that's what Moshe holds you got to do if it doesn't have a self-cleaning device. The Badei HaShulchan writes in Simon Sadi Bey's Ospei, Dibra Maschalichadchila, that since ovens are lined with porcelain, it's impossible to ever kasher an oven. That's quite a chumra. The, uh, the, the many posts can obviously disagree. Say porcelain may be similar to glass. See our shear on, our ten minute on kashas of glass. But it would seem to be quite a chumra. The Chalkas Yaakov writes that, that uh, he thinks the ovens can't be kashered based on the Magan Avram. Magan Avram in Tav Kuf Tess of Katnir Aleph says that you're not supposed to kasher from meat to dairy regularly. You're not supposed to use the same set of dishes and kasher from meat to dairy. So he says, don't kasher an oven from meat to dairy. Only if it becomes straight, use your kasher. When you have meat to dairy, you shouldn't kasher. Many other poskim are mekel. That's with regular everyday kalim where they're mamish meat or dairy. By the oven, there's so many sniffim lahakel as it is that we could be mekel in this minik of the Magan of Ram not to kasher from meat to dairy. So we're able to kasher from one to the other. Lahalacha, I would uh, say, I think most poskim assume like uh, that, that you turn it to the highest temperature for an hour, an hour and a half, and that is considered kashered. Um, ideally, to wait 24 hours, then turn it to the highest temperature for an hour, an hour and a half. And uh, if you have a self-clean, then you might as well. Might as well run it through a self-clean cycle for a couple of hours. It will certainly reach well over 700 degrees and will be kashered even according to Rav Moshe. And that would be the most wonderful thing to do. Everyone would seem to agree, except for those postkim who think that ovens can't be kashered at all. 99% of postkim would assume that that's okay. All right, that's the long and short of oven kashers.